How old were you? You know, I, and I feel like I'm interviewing you at the second. How old were you when you left Australia? Seventeen. I feel, like, I feel like you're going to do a lot of interview. I yeah. feel like you can't. Like Triple J. And, I feel like you can't not interview. The right, no, it's yeah. really hard. It's crazy. Yeah. The tri you know, like, just so you know, if you do that, I'm going to let you do it. Yeah, it's funny because I was like, okay, then ask me stuff. Great. You know, you laugh because there's a Bennett. But it's a, people always confuse the New Zealand Australia thing. I go, yeah, I'm half and half, so it's okay. Oh, you are? That's cool. My mum's a Kiwi. Are you ready? I'm going to sing, so just relax. It's no big You're deal. a fan of terrific music. Sorry, yeah. Matt. Smoking stuff. My balls is totally moving. Doing improving. I doubt we get back, girl. I've got the heart and desire. My balls are on fire. Ready to take us to the top. Smoking sheets a lot. Welcome to the show. Did you know? My eight, Tony Hawk's son. Can you, can you open that blind, the window? Just, just, just jump over Matt Pinfield. Just knock him out of the way. You've got, yeah. Just use the wide camera angle because that way you'll be fine. Don't worry. Matt, welcome to the show. But I, I realize I've got a lot of smoke in here. And if you just go over Matt Pinfield, or you can go that way, go that way. That way you don't have to go over Matt Pinfield. And then I know that <laughs> it's like these windows were made before you were born. But I know that if you really think about it, yeah. try to use some of your parents' knowledge. And there you go. You Look, he did it. Crank you've, it. Look at it. like you've cranked yeah. a window before. There you go. Yep, that's my dogs. They love the show too. Animals love the show. People love the show. Some people hate the show. And they're not listening. So if, if they're not listening, that's for you. Sit on that. Yeah. I hope I didn't get blocked on YouTube. Uh, Matt, Pinfield, Matt Pinfield, welcome to the show. I just want to say real quick that, that it, yes, you are right. When you walked in, that is a, a Tony Hawk's son. And he was on the show yesterday. And, and we asked him some musical trivia. And I know... Musically, musically, and trivially, I'm like, I shouldn't have said that. Tri you're very talented when it comes to music. You know a lot about all of it. Yeah, well, I, I like this guy. Styles, yeah. He's 24. He yeah. understands, he knows what the Rolling Stones are. He knows they're a band, but he's never heard of a man called Mick Jagger. Yeah, well, you know, he's, he hangs around with his dad long enough. His dad's put out so many cool compilations, and then, you know, all those videos over the years. Who's that? Tony Hawk. Oh, okay. Yeah. He's put out a, you know, yeah. a, a bunch of... Uh, a bunch of Go great, Matt. Go yes. Matt. <laughs> you know, great couple. Killers YouTube. You're still loving, on FM. Loving rock and, yeah, right. and loving punk stuff So and metal. So there's been just so many cool compilations. I was there's just trying to make fun of him to somebody that's so musically... You know, you know so much, I thought maybe you could react in a better way. <laughs> as in, what yeah. the hell is wrong with that kid? But... But that didn't work at all. Don't worry about it. Well, you He's know, giving funny. me an essay. Well, I have two daughters, you know what I mean? And it's one of those things Did they where... know who um, anybody is in music that was before their time? Uh, they do just because, you know, they had to deal with sitting next to me in the car. You right. know what I mean? So if I was playing the Beatles and the Stones and, you know, I mean, it could have been a hundred different bands over the years. His mother used to sing 
Rolling Stone songs to him. She told me. Did she? Yep. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny. His dad did this great video during the pandemic, punk rock karaoke, right? The guys, it's like Greg Hudson from Bad Religion Circle Jerks and, you know, Randy from Pennywise and Stan Lee from the Dickies and uh, Darren from Goldfinger. They have that punk rock karaoke thing they, they travel with. So during the pandemic, since they couldn't do live shows, they did videos with, you know, guys from all different bands, whether it's Milo from The Descendants and Tony his dad did the jams in the city, and he was dressed like Paul Weller, like back in the, like a mod. And uh, at the end of the song, he pulls back the curtain and then goes down the half pipe, comes back up on the skateboard right before the song ends. So It's quite annoying to me at this point. I, I, <laughs> you've been friends with his dad forever. Yeah, too long, quite frankly. It's getting annoying. <laughs> you know, but I yeah, know. Tony Hawk and him singing and skateboarding at the same time is just like, when aren't you? He's seriously <laughs> performing live. In a theater near somebody any day now. He does a lot of it. It's getting ridiculous. I love when he does it, though. It's actually No, cool. me too. I'm his biggest fan. And I, his, I'm not his, lying. I, his I swear. His taste is so good. You he's know, singing he, the things <laughs> that he's into. He sang a song with a Devo song with the singer of Devo, and they went, like, they traded lyrics with each other, and, and you can just yeah. tell he's... He's been into it for as long as... Was it when he did the Whip It video? Was that what it was? No, no this was? is just the other day... He was on a podcast with, I'm not going to get Jerry it. Jerry Casale or Mark nah, film videographer guy that made the documentary of Tony's latest documentary, Till the Wheels Fall Off. His name is Sam Jones. Sam Jones. Yeah. He has a new podcast. He did a live one in a club and Tony was the guest. And then after it, Tony and the band played, the band played and Tony sang like four songs. Three yeah. three songs, and one of them was a Devo song with the guy from Devo. Which is cool. And he, and he did it in a way where I was like, man, you, you look like you've sung this as much as the guy standing next to you. Yeah. It's very good. Yeah. He can, He's he getting good at it. it. Absolutely. We actually sang a song together the other day for a Liquid Death uh, commercial because Tony and I are both investors in that company, and they asked us to sing. I'm more of a tag along. I just get bonus. You know, they're like, Tony, do you want to sing? And they're like, Jason's probably sitting next to him and yeah. he also owns a piece. So let's let him, Hey Jason, can you yeah. just make one noise? You know what I mean? Cause Tony gets like, Tony gets yeah. a, gets a verse and I get a like, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're like, well, look, there yeah. you go. You're, you're in like Cindy yeah. Lauper in uh, we are the world. Ay, 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 ay. Well, she that, put a little you, something in there, right? The she most flattering. To. Cause I thought it was going to be way more disrespectful than that. No. Yes. I'm like the Cindy Lauper of the, so, of the liquid. Michael Jackson song. got to sing yeah. the hook yeah, and Lionel yeah. Richie got a line. And there's Still a couple people it. just banging a tambourine yeah. in the background, but Still you know what? Also legendary, but making some noise. That's right. Or another. You're in the room. Let's take a quick pause and talk about AG1. AG1 is your one-stop shop every morning. Everything your body wants, everything your body craves, everything your body needs. We're talking about 75 vitamins, micronutrients, probiotics. If you need to take it, it's in there. One scoop, stir, drink. Tastes pretty good. I drink it every day, and it's delightful, tasty, and it keeps me very energized. Full of beans. He's full of beans. AG1 beans. Magic beans, you might say. Yeah, no, they are. I've taken multivitamins before. They've got 75 in AG1. I remember it like it was yesterday. I took a vitamin. I went to the fancy store. You probably know which one I'm talking about. And I bought the fancy ones. I'm like, I'm becoming a man of a certain age. Give me the good stuff. And I took it. And six hours later, my urine looked like it could murder Superman. They'll and deliver I called- it. 
They'll I, deliver it every month, Michael. They will, and you're going to want them to. I called the. I called. I actually called the company up, you and would. I was like, "What's up with my pee?" And he's like, "Well, it's a very natural byproduct." No, it wasn't. That was the expensive multivitamin leaving my body and going into my toilet. Not going to happen on AG1's watch. No, stays in your. Buddy. Your gut biome. Almost, yeah. Yeah. If you want to take ownership of your health, try AG1. Get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash J-E-S. That's drinkag1.com slash J-E-S. Shake it up. Matt, you've talked to every musician in the world. Who is the mo most annoying? Because I, I don't care uh, what anybody thinks. I'll tell you the most annoying rock star I ever talked to. Uh, Zach Wilde and um, Dave Mustaine. Worst interviews that I could... Uh, maybe they had a bad day. I'm not saying that they're always bad. I'm just saying that the two interviews that I'll never forget where I was just like, I love Megadeth. Yeah. I love that he was in Metallica. I love that guy. Yeah. And halfway through the interview, Michael knows me. We both know each other extremely well when it comes to not talking to each other about what's annoying us, but we know it's annoying us. Yeah. And he, Michael knows I love Metallica. <laughs> I got a Metallica tattoo. And this interview was just like, man, 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 man. And I'm like, I'm like, man. I think the worst. You're not even letting me get a word in, and everything you're saying sucks. <laughs> And you, yeah. I don't think you know. Like, it was really surprising. Well, you know, I mean... Have you been there? Yeah, well, I've definitely been there. I mean, I've been there where, like, you know, the where an artist just is not enthused to be there or to be doing any interviews. And it's usually... It hasn't so much been some rock guys, but it's been when I've had... Uh, I remember Avril Lavigne, who's <laughs> nice enough, but she, I couldn't get her excited about anything except yeah. mentioning her producer. And uh, her fans seemed to like the interview on YouTube, and it was on, like, Access... Uh, when it was HDNet, but... Yeah, it was a tough one because it was like, are you fe are you passionate about anything? Yeah, you know what I mean. You're like, yeah. it was that kind of thing. And I, it's, yeah. so, so I, no, I had a, a similar instance with her where one of the very few times an artist's representation has said, uh, "Can Avril cease the questions ahead of time?" Not to approve, just she's not that great on her feet, which yeah. was like, okay, didn't, go fix the window. Didn't Miles. didn't write her songs. Not that great on her feet. I. Apple's a good singer, and that's pretty much what Apple's bringing to the table. Yeah, exactly. Did you see her skate? What's that? Have you seen her skate? No, but I mean, of course, she she didn't write. She, I guess, she sang "Skater Boy," her she big did. song. Yeah. We right? we uh, this is going to go back to Tony Hawk again, but Tony was involved in a TikTok video with her, and I guess it was like her first TikTok, and she wanted Tony to be in it, and she had a mini ramp at her house, and Tony went there to help her skate, and she can't skate. And she tried to drop in very little mini ramp, but she did this thing where she dropped in and her foot came off. It's like a, a thing that a lot of beginners do. And she fell back on it. And usually nine times out of 10, when you do this particular fall, your ankle snaps. Wow. Like, almost guaranteed. And she did it where she fell, her foot stayed back and she fell on it and went, Ooh, ow. And, and I, I, I saw the video and I'm you know, like, I see Tony going, Hey, you're okay. And she's like, yep, I'm okay. And they use it in the in some of the TikTok, and I saw Tony the next day, and I go, "Dude, <laughs> yeah. did you?" Th He's like, "I definitely, I definitely thought for sure we just saw, we I just witnessed a broken leg." Yeah. So, so she's, and she in that video she seemed very excited. Yeah. So maybe that was the problem. Yeah, and it might have been just you know at the end of an album cycle, you know, one of those things where they've been doing so much promotion, rather than you know. 
but uh, you know, I mean, I, that was it. It was just she, she just lacked excitement. What about that thing where when she takes photos and you're not allowed to touch her, you have to stay away from her? Did you hear that one? That no, rumor? but I've heard those. Michael, remember that? Was that true or not? Oh, that was most definitely true. So this was, I think, before the Lyme disease thing. Where a, a lot of behavior was maybe sort of explainable with, you know, she's been sicker than she's been letting on. But she was, when artists were starting to really monetize the VIP pass, the backstage meet and greet, there was a yeah. lot of photos of two fans very excited to be standing near her and her about five feet five away. Five feet away. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like, a, it, uh, it defeats the purpose of the photo itself. It but almost I mean, makes you sick, feel, I mean, you know. Yeah. It almost makes you feel bad about meeting her. You know, when you yeah. meet a celebrity and they go, cool, just stay over there for the photo. Yeah. It's all of a sudden you're like, wait, what? But you're saying she has Lyme disease and she didn't want to give it to somebody else? No, 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 no. I'm just saying that there's been a lot of stories about her over the years. Not so much that that's communicable by touch, but a lot of days where she maybe was low energy. Yeah. In retrospect, maybe that had to do with the Yeah, that, I don't that, know that what the deal with the meat. You know what I mean? I don't know what the uh, deal with the meat I mean, she wasn't was. rude in any way. Same. I mean, that was the uh, thing. Right. You know, it wasn't that kind of situation. And then I've had some other interviews where... I remember one time, uh, you know, and he's apologized to for for about a hundred times. Evan Dando, Lemonheads, he was tripping. <laughs> he was yeah. doing acid during an interview on cool. MTV, and uh, it went from like talking about like Marvin Gaye's uh, "What's Going On" album to somewhere out in the cosmos. And uh, I was trying to follow him, you know, kind of the yeah. conversation. He left the building a little. Yeah, bit. He left the building, and then years, you know, literally until like two years ago, I saw him here at the Hollywood Forever Cemetery. He was playing at the Masonic Hall, and I went up, and he goes, "Dude, I'm." really sorry about that interview I'm like man it's like 30 years and 25 <laughs> years ago it's all right now man remember that baseball player that threw a no hitter on acid his last name was ellis right doc ellis yeah pittsburgh Pirates. i have no idea where that came from well you know i actually love i think i think that's pretty amazing that he was yeah. able to actually see the ball without trails and all the yeah. other things that go i did acid that. at a demo once and i kept skating and it was like a inside and then the band started playing so they were like you guys need to stop skating and i was on acid so i was like no nah. And then uh, I was skating and they turned the lights off on the ramp while I was in the air. And because I was on acid, when they turned the lights on, I feel like I could still see where the flat was. Just went to like Tron vision. <laughs> I, don't <know> <laughs> I don't know what happened. Amazing. But I made it. I did yeah. a front side ollie and they turned the lights off in the middle of the front side ollie. And then the people that were around, like the skaters, heard me rolling. Yeah. So they're like, wait, did you make that? And then I could just hear people screaming. And I thought it was really cool. And then I went backstage and everyone's like, man, that was so crazy you did that. And then the person that I look up to the most in skateboarding, Chris Miller was there and he was had just sponsored me yeah. with this new skateboard company, Planet Earth, that had not come out officially you yet. You mean Chris Miller from like Highland Park, New Jersey? Nah, Chris no. Miller, one of the greatest skateboarders, if not the where, greatest where was skater he from? that ever lived. He was from California. Oh, he's a California Yeah, That's he's right. a California oh, yeah. kid. Still surfs, still skates, shreds. His kid shred. Zach Miller, I skate with. Their their legend. The blood is in, is impossible. I, it's to stop. funny. I always thought Chris was from Jersey, just because I'm from Jersey. So whenever I hear somebody's from Jersey, you know, that's it's one the, of those that's things. the Joe Piscopo thing, right? Yeah, it's very much that's I'm exactly from Jersey. You're from Jersey. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, I'm from Jersey. You see so. Jersey plates, and then you get there, and you're so tired of seeing Jersey plates. But you know how that thing goes. I get, you know, I always want to ask you, Jason. So you're <laughs> half Kiwi. He's already gone. That's and it. There I go. You knew this was going to happen. the interview. Half go Australian. Ahead. Yeah. Tell me about. I wanted to know what was your what was your introduction to music over there and rock? And what were you, what were you listening to? How old were yeah. you when you discovered it? Uh, wow. Um, I mean, I grew up with um, a drunk parent, like a metal kind of, I think I, you know, I, ha I had a lot of, what was the first, like ACDC was like my first kind of music that I was into. I was into Kiss 
when Kiss came out that when I was real young, but my parents were into um like Janis Joplin. Like I would hear that in the house a lot. A lot yeah. of stuff like uh real like to like the first grunge. You yeah. know, where it was like um very Jimi Hendrix kind of like bell bottom you know, I mean my, my parents had long my dad had long hair. Yeah. It was that kind of thing. And then it and then it then when I got into music, it was pretty quick transition. I think it was kiss and then within six months i found acdc and then uh when i came to america someone introduced me to metallica and once metallica hit that was it, it was of over. course one of the greatest bands of all time you know my, i got a great story about uh, kiss how i got to sing with three original members you what? know and by the way the uh, when i was talking about tony's video tony hawk's video of in the city by the jam should also check out my version of Ace of Spades by Motorhead because yeah. that was my song I did. And you know, if Motorhead fans, if I had done a lame version of it or uninspired, they would have crucified me because you don't mess with Lemmy or Motorhead, right? They loved it. <laughs> Official Motorhead put it up on their website. No way. And they got like 80,000 views and a lot of people going, hey, man, this great, great version. Let me be really proud. He did you know Lemmy well? I knew him from hanging out with him sometimes at the bar and, you yeah. know, I wouldn't say I was his best friend, but we definitely got along well. He respected me. Were you drinking me. back then? What's that? Were you a drinker? I was a major drinker. So I was drinking so Jack and Cokes with him. Okay, so you got along, right? Yeah, we got along really good. I mean, that was the thing. I loved Jack and Cokes. I had a stripper girlfriend in, when I lived in Hollywood for a while, and she's, <laughs> she brought him home. Yeah. And it had an elevator where you have to like let people in. So I got the buzzer, and I was like, hey. And she's like, hey, I'm coming up with Lenny from Motor Breath. <laughs> And I go, <laughs> I go. You mean Lemmy from Motorhead? Yeah, yeah, whatever. So I'm like, what is going on? And, and sure enough, they come in, and it and it is him. And she was a stripper. He was at the strip club. But he was coming back because so I think he thought he was going to get some. Yeah. And then my dumb head's there, and I'm like, holy shit, you're Lemmy, and, and you gotta play my guitar because I had a Gibson Explorer trying to be like James Hetfield. So then he started playing it and talking about his friendship with metallica and i'm like no way like this is the coolest night ever and he kept staring at my girlfriend's crutch because she was like kind of crossing her legs she had little pink panties i don't blame him and i was i wasn't sure how this was going to go down but then he looked away he looked like to see if anybody else was in the room and then pulled a bag out yeah and just hawked out of the bag like i didn't see it or something i was like i'm right here yeah like, i saw what you did and then we talked about drugs for a little bit. And then I think yeah. it was like, uh, I'm not, what is, whatever you think is going to happen, it's not, I was not that advanced. Like, I, I, I love you, I love you, but you're not fucking my girlfriend. Yeah, yeah well, exactly. well, well, Lenny, it's been a great night. But. Yeah. You know, <laughs> good luck with yeah, Motorbreath. Lenny from Motorbreath. No, you know, Lenny, it's really funny. Ozzy Osbourne said to me once we were, we were doing an interview and, and we were walking up the street and I, we just started talking about Lenny and he goes, he goes, let me ever stop drinking Jack and Cokes or doing crystal meth. He'd probably fall apart. Yeah. He just basically said it was a glue that kept him together. Yeah, it seemed like that. Yeah. You know, but uh, yeah, so the Kiss story you'll love because back when, uh, you know, I was at MTV in the music department, um, Alex Coletti, who produced all the MTV Unplugs, came up to me in my office and he goes, dude, what's wrong with the music department that you're part of? He goes, they don't think Kiss is worthy of an Unplugged. I go, what? I go, Let's go talk to him right now. So we literally went into my boss's offices, and one of them said, I said, hey, I hear you guys aren't interested in doing a Kiss Unplugged. And he said, well, does anybody care? I'm like, hell yeah, they care. Every record goes gold without yeah. any promotion at all. At that period of time, you know, it was the 90s. Uh, every record would come out and drop 500,000 copies easy. 
And I just tried to put that in numbers and said, like, well, that would be great first night, first rating for that unplugged. So they came around to liking the idea, and then it happened. And, of course, it also caused a reunion uh, with Peter Ace, Gene and Paul, yeah. which was great. And so they took me and Alex Coletti. Who That's your fault, huh? Yes. So, <laughs> yeah, um, well, it's definitely, well, I'm definitely part of it. And so we had, you know, we had dinner with uh, Gene and Peter, uh, Gene and Paul, excuse me, wanted to take out to dinner, me and Alex Coletti, to say thank you. And then about a year later, after they did a reunion tour and everything, I got a call from Gene Simmons saying, Hey, will you, I want you to narrate our documentary for Second Coming about yeah. our comeback, and uh, which I ended up doing. But uh, to make a long story short, I ended up go, going to KISS headquarters while I'm in L.A. At this point, I'm still living on the East Coast, like Jersey, New York. And, uh, and they needed me to fix a couple lines on the dock. So I go, I do it at KISS headquarters. And then uh, Tommy What does Fick? fix a couple of lines on the dock mean? Yeah, not those lines. No, 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 no. Like, like you did the voiceover, but you got to change oh, a couple of things. Okay, yeah, a couple it. of pickups. Yes, it was I'm just, back. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, that kind of thing. So anyway, we, uh, you know, G the, Tommy Thayer, who plays guitar now in Ace's spot, said to me, he was he was working for the band. He said, uh, hey, Gene wants to take you out to lunch. So we go and we have lunch, and then they're rehearsing for the Psycho Circus tour at a place called Coles, which is a rehearsal space. And so he goes, dude, you want to come to rehearsal? So I go to rehearsal. Uh, Peter, Chris, and Ace Freely are waiting in the parking lot. They're like, hey, man, where you been? He goes, oh, I was taking Matt out to lunch. Uh, and then literally, we're, they, we were in the, they were in the small room because they spent all their money on their show, obviously. And this band Citizen were across the hall, but they weren't there that day, who became Audio Slave, of course. They were rehearsing yeah. at that period of time. And... Uh, I remember we were waiting for Paul to show up. So the guy shows up with the kiss boots, right? And it's the love gun boots. They're using yeah. them again. And Gene makes me get in them. And I'm a short dude. So I'm like almost broke my ankle getting in them. And he goes, imagine walking around those two and a half hours at night. And then so uh, I'm walking around and uh, I'm looking at this music stand. It's in a room about three times the size of the room we're in right now. And uh, it's just like everybody's kind of hanging out. And Paul's still not there. And I look at the music stand and say, oh, all the classics. He goes, you like the list? I'm like, yeah. I go, I used to sing all these songs in my band when I was like 15. And he goes, you want to have a go? So I pick up the mic and I, I mentioned Coming Home by Kiss. And he goes, uh, yeah, you want to do that? And then Ace goes, I don't remember it. And then Gene whispers in my ear, I remember it. And he wrote it with Paul. And it was like one of those things. It was just kind of funny because probably because Ace hadn't played it. It was never part of their live show. Except for at that unplugged, and um, he goes, well, "What do you want to do?" And I'm like, "How about rock bottom?" So I sing rock bottom with those guys, and after the after the uh, after they finish the song, they, Gene Simmons looks at me, he goes, "Dude, you don't sing like you talk at all. You you have really, you have a great voice and you have, have control. You want to do another one?" And Peter Chris yells out, "Do you love me?" So that was surreal yeah. because you know it's just the singing and the drummer. So it's Peter Chris's drums, and here I am, I'm singing. The whole first verse, you really like my limousine, you like the yeah. way the wheels roll. And it's like, all of a sudden, I'm, I'm teleported to being 12 years old again in front of my Destroyer album. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so I do that with them, and they're like, man, you're great. What else do you want to do? And I said, how about 100,000 years? And so then we ripped into that, and it was really, it was a fun time. And the funniest part of doing that song was I had the early studio albums, right? So by the time Kiss Alive came out, loved the album, but I was so used to being that kid that knew the album version that was shorter. <laughs> and once I get to the drum solo, right, with Peter Chris, Gene looks over me and goes, do you feel all right? 
And I look at him and go, studio version, studio version. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and seriously, he didn't go and back. And he knows. And he, yeah, and he goes back into the song. And uh, Ace, I, you know, like after that, Tommy Terry goes like this. He goes, yeah, so I do the three. They go into Deuce. And then like Ace stops and goes, you should come hang out with us more often. You lit a fire under our ass. And it was one of the greatest experiences ever to get to sing with Kiss. Did Paul Stanley show up? Not while I was there. Like, I stayed like another 45 minutes to an hour. And then I went back to my hotel. My girlfriend at the time, who became my second ex-wife, she said, why are you so, why so worked up? I'm like, believe me, it's, I'm not on any, any drugs. That's the natural buzz I got from singing with Kiss, who I loved as a child, yeah. always since growing up. Yeah. And, you know, since you love Metallica, too, one of my other favorite moments, which is on YouTube uh, with Metallica from that show, Matt Rock, which was basically Headbangers Ball with a different name, um, is me and me and them on the tour bus. And Kirk, we're just hanging out, uh, going from, like, New York to Philly. And Kirk busts in the Cowboy song by Thin Lizzy. Yeah. And all of a sudden, me and James switch off vocals on it. Shut singing up. Singing it. So it's on YouTube. You can look at it. We saw, there's a clip of it from the actual MTV show. So those are like... I don't even like you. <laughs> Let me ask you something. Yeah. We've interacted with... Son of a bitch. With, <laughs> <laughs> Jason, you, gotta, you know, those are dreams that you know, come true with no, your those kid, are right? Those are... Yeah. You know? We've but, interacted with Gene uh, on air, and our experience with him was not all that different from the general public perception of him. Prickly, difficult, you know... Do you he was a little loose. A little loose. He and, made a joke at the start about we both had fake hair, which I thought was pretty ballsy. Yeah. And the book that he was promoting, which was like his Lao Tzu principles of power thing, was actually very humble and talking about where he came from as an immigrant and stuff like that. But he can be a little difficult to deal with in public. Do you feel like you've dealt with a different person? Do you feel like you've seen the softer, gentler side of him? Does he have one? Yeah, I mean, I definitely do. I mean, I understand that situation because when they were talking about getting paid for the voiceover... And uh, the first thing he offered me, I said, Gene, I really want to be a part of Kiss's history, but not that bad. How can you do that? <laughs> <laughs> you ready to say that? Yes. And then I, what did he, did he, he say? He said, okay. listen, I understand. He goes, I, he goes, I understand. He was really cool. You know, yeah. and he, he just came up to what was reasonable. Okay. Um, for, Man, for see, I can't do it. <laughs> It's bargaining with Gene Simmons, like it's like James Hepford, like, hey man, I want you to narrate this thing, and then he offered me money, and I'm like, that's not very much. I'm not telling James Hepford it's not very much. I'm just like, okay, I'll do it. Yeah, good for you. I know. I mean, it's it's pretty odd that it came out of my mouth, but then other things that come out of my mouth too would peep musicians that are. Yeah, I remember when I first met Paul McCartney. Now I'd already interviewed yeah. tons of stars, right? Yeah. But uh, the first, but that's different. <laughs> so the first time you I know who Paul McCartney is, right, Miles? <laughs> So, Beatles. So, there you go. So the first time I met McCartney, they were doing this. He had rented out all of Roseland in New York, right? And it was for Buddy Holly's birthday. It was like, I don't know how old he would have been if he had lived. But I met Buddy Holly's widow there, Maria Lennon. That was cool. She remarried? I don't know. But she was still beautiful as an older woman. And she was very, very nice. You know, and she, obviously, you know, she, he, he, Buddy Holly loved her. Plane crash, right? Uh, yeah, that plane crash. It was yeah. terrible. But so, so anyway. There's a guy there named Bill Flanagan. He's written books on U2. He was the editor of Musician Magazine. Really well-respected res music guy and journalist. He's on Breakfast uh, with the Beatles, I think. Uh, not Breakfast with the Beatles. He's on the Beatles channel or something. But, um, but he goes, hey, have you gone up to meet Paul? I'm like, no, I don't know, man. Because I saw Paul walk by this guy who, like, but I... Then I realized the guy was like uncomfortable, didn't know what to say. So Paul was just like, ah, I'll avoid this. Because he's got yeah. that radar where he's going to get it. You know, like, why avoid this really uncomfortable yeah. moment for this person who doesn't know how to react or talk when they see me? And so 
I eventually get go up to Paul, and he's like, "Go talk to Paul. He knows who you are." You because at first I'm like, "I don't know, man. I saw him shine some guy, like you know, walk right yeah, by." Yeah. And uh, so I go up to Paul, and I start talking to him about doing some stuff with Elvis Costello, and uh, I remember that he. Uh, I just start talking for a minute, and then I had the boss say, "Oh, you know, Paul, I always thought that those journalists who gave you so much crap." I said, "F those guys." I go, any guy who can write a song as metal as Helter Skelter and as beautiful as Here, There, and Everywhere yesterday, Dang. nobody's got anything on you. You played the flute on that guy. Can you imagine? Isn't that interesting? Pretty smooth. Yeah, but, it's, I, but it, I didn't think I actually had the balls to say yeah. you took a lot of crap from those journalists because, you know, he went through a lot of years where the journalists were always after him about wings. Huh. And um, so... <laughs> So to say that, I didn't know how he'd react, right? But he appreciated it. Right? He really appreciated it. And then, you know, years later, I did album specials with him. And, and uh, it was cool because in, in New York, I did an album special with him about 2013. And at the end of it, he, and I have this still on the rough CD of the thing where he goes, hey, man, he goes, if it wasn't my wedding anniversary to Nancy, we'd go have some beers and t continue to talk about rock at the pub. Wait, what? he drinks? Yeah. And huh. I, I was drinking still then. Maybe he drinks? Paul? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, like, Good yeah, for him. Isn't that weird that I thought, like, because he's Doesn't a vegan? Doesn't he eat meat? He's a vegetarian. You, he's you know, a vegan. He's vegan. He's so total vegan. I just, I just assume vegans don't drink. Isn't that That's weird? tough. You got to eat a lot of carbs if you're going to drink and be a vegan. Yeah. Otherwise, you're going to get some nasty hangovers. Yeah. So, so, embarrassing moments. Yeah. So, yeah, that's what he said. He said, we go to the beer and a pub and have a beer. So, uh, but that was pretty, you know, those are some of those moments. And, yeah. uh, you know, I got to interview all the Stones, which was cool for the album uh, A Bigger Bang, 2005. Yeah, you should laugh, Miles. And, uh, and, you know, that was great because it was all the Stones. So, yeah. like, except Bill Wyman had left the band, but it was the first time they'd done the interview as an entire group since about 1977, 76. Right around they the hate time. each other? No, that day they were having a great day. You know what it was? I'll tell you what it was. Charlie Watts had just gotten out of the hospital hmm. for... You know, he had that throat cancer issue at that period of time. And so I think they started to think about their mortality. And Because yeah. up until that time, people think this whole thing during the pandemic where you're doing albums from different places. The Stones were the, were the originators of that. When they realized that they could tape stuff, leave it for a while, like half of uh, Tattoo You, like Waiting on a Friend, was a song that came out. You know, around nineteen whatever uh, eighty one. Start me up. They, start me up. Start they me up. They, 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 they demoed like five years before that. Right. That's and, right. And it was crazy because even waiting on a friend was from seventy two, like when they did Angie and stuff what? like that. So it'd been sitting around. Yeah. So that's how they made every album in the nineteen eighties. It was like yeah. You, know. now, you did that at premiere, AJ. Yeah. AJ, you remember I, that? I, I was right down the hall from. Were you, when, you there? When that day? We were just like peeking at those guys going past but sure yeah, yeah it was great you were there that day and it was amazing for me because they told me that they loved that they loved the interview and they all came in first ronnie wood came in he had just gotten out of rehab so he was drinking tea and then you had keith he was the only one drinking yeah and he had gray goose vodka and fanta orange soda and i was like dude where's the jack and coke <laughs> he goes no no i go he goes this is the uh, poor man's orange juice or, or, or screwdriver and uh, and Nick, the rest were, to were drinking tea, like Mick Jagger drinking tea. Um, you know, I'm, I know he drinks wine, but he wasn't drinking wine that day. And Charlie drinking tea, obviously, because we had just dealt with throat cancer. But they were awesome. Yeah. You know what's cool about it, too, Jason? The thing that was great, and you'll appreciate this, Michael, is during the McCartney one, like I taped it, and then we inserted the music later on for the album special, right? 
But for this thing, it, you remember it was premiere. It was live. Yes. So it was like an hour and a half, two hours of me sitting in that room with them, which meant I had all that time to sit with them while the songs were playing. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't awkward at all. In yeah. fact. And, and it can be. And you've and been there can, where it is awkward. Well, I've been there where like, you know, as long as the people are in a good mood and they're talking. So these guys, they were ready to talk about anything. They were yeah. ready to talk about the B-side of Jumping Jack Flash, Child of the Moon. I asked Jagger something about it. He goes, you know, I don't remember. And then it would start a conversation between all of them. Uh, and they were amazing. So, you know, people ask you about, don't meet your, your hero sometimes, but those guys were, Stones were great, McCartney was great, Townsend, all those dudes. And, if you've had and the Metallica guys and the Kiss uh, guys. I never had a problem with Gene, you know? Yeah, me neither. I thought he was cool. What do you judge the relationship between Gene and Paul to be like? I, I always figured like they were, they're close. They're, they're bonded like family, but they don't. You, it was interesting to me. You say you actually went out to a meal with them together. I didn't, I wouldn't imagine them socializing a whole bunch outside of what they have to do. Yeah, you know, I, I think it was one of those things. They were managed by Lieber and Krebs, this company, for a minute. Who used to manage Aerosmith in the 70s, like around the time of Toys in the Attic Rocks and you, all that, those records. And um, it was before Doc McGee, you know, the legendary guy who, uh, you know, uh, they've been with ever since. Uh, and they were, I think there's a brotherhood with those guys. It's, probably in a lot of ways like Mick and Keith and people like that where they get mad at each other sometimes and have some riffs, but they yeah. keep it pretty much to themselves. Although some of the ones that Mick and Keith have had people know about, you yeah, know, because they were in books. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, I still think those guys really like each other. I just know they have their, other, their own lives outside. Of course, of which it. is uh, almost has to happen if you're going to continue to be in a band with somebody for 60 yeah. years. You know, but, but, it's, but speaking of Paul Stanley, like he's such a nice dude. Like, you know, he, uh, I ran one day. I ran into him at the uh, Sunset Marquee. I was going there to have dinner with some people, and Green Day were in the other room, and they were all there. So somebody said, "Hey, Matt Green Day's in. You go, you should go say hi to him." I, I went and saw those guys. It's got to be about a year ago because I was just about two years sober then. I'm just like three years and two months now. Wait, and, you've only been sober for three years? Yeah. So you struggling this whole time? Or, I was, or was it not a struggle? Oh, it was a struggle. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You never I, seem like somebody that, like, did you make mistakes? Like, did you, did you, don't, you didn't jeopardize your career in any way. Well, in, oh, in the, yeah. I mean, in the like, past. Well, I look like you always held your, well, you, you look like went, a guy you could count on. I rarely, I never really went on the air totally messed up. Um, uh, but there were times that I called in sick or didn't show for certain things. And I, okay. I'm not proud of that. Um, but I think everybody knew that it was certainly my disease and not me so you know obviously it didn't i'm still working and thank god and i'm yeah. still doing different things because what made you decide to do it it was time I, you know i'd come in and out of the program for a very long time okay kept trying you know what i mean yeah. i was trying yes, i do matt yeah so jason <laughs> dude i was you know I, I i was going through it like you know i'd get three months here four months here five months here six seven the most you know with every good intention and, and, you know, doing the program and recovery and meeting and, you know, and just like, but then something would like either emotionally or some a life event would, 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 you know, yep. you know, would really upset me or yeah, the addiction gets a loud voice when the, when the shit hits the fan. Exactly. So yeah. that's what was happening with me, man. And, you know, I, uh, but this last time it was it, it was it for me because, you know, like, I'll tell you what, I was just tired of it. And, uh, I had already gone through the thing where I was hit by the car. Well, and I don't know if you guys know the craziness about that, but in 2018, at the end of the year, I'm crossing the street in Hollywood, 
woman's coming up uh, and, and doesn't, you know, she's like texting her on the phone. Yeah. And I'm, I get to like the third lane and I go like this. And, and I literally, like it was unusually quiet that night on the highway yeah. on, 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 uh, on Franklin Avenue. And I turn and I just by, see this car gunning at me from the corner of my coming like this. And the only thing I could think to do is jump in the air. Oh, so then the, the hood caught you and that the, the actual, you, the, you know, the, the thing broke my, snapped my leg in half. Oh, wow. So there's a metal rod in here now. Yeah. Then I went through the windshield with my head. And I, Sick. it happened so quickly that I had no idea it even happened because all I remember is jumping up and then flying over the hood of the car. Yeah. And so my, my senses were heightened. I never passed out. I was getting like some kind of adrenaline shock and I could smell the heat of the engine or the oil or something like that's how it peaked my senses were i landed on the side of the road thank god i wasn't in the center of the road eventually you know people were coming over trying to help me uh, i think I, good thing i didn't see my head all, all split open either i mean I, it was one of those crazy things but i'm grateful and they, how much of your head split open uh you know it wasn't here i didn't you know here's the really wild thing i have a joke that, that i have a you can hardly see it, but an aneurysm operation when I was 15. And then this side is where the head was split open. So now I have a perfect ring around both sides. It's not well, really it's a, perfect. It's a good thing you usually wear headphones for yeah. work. Yeah, exactly. How's your brains now? You know what? I'm like, are you dumber or anything? No, I'm so... You know, that worked I, out. You know what people used to say to me, Jason? They're like, how do you still remember that much about music yeah. after all the drugs and alcohol that you did? That's fair. And it's a really fair question. Yeah. Because we've seen how it's, you know really done its damage to some people where they're yeah. just half the person they were. So I'm very so grateful. So how, how messed up were you once that was all said and done? Like you well, wake up in hospital? Or? Yeah, well, here's what I, I laid on the side of the street bleeding out. I tried to lift my... Bleeding out? Well, from your head? From my head. Like, from oh. my head all over. And my leg. And so <laughs> the next thing you know is I end up... Uh, they put me on a tarp because they're worried about internal injuries. Yeah. Put me in an EMS truck, cut all my bloody clothes off, stuck a needle in my arm with morphine. Hell yeah. And they, <laughs> Right? And then they go... <laughs> Mr. Pinfield, can you feel your toes? And I said, yes. And they go, you are an absolute miracle. They go, most people that take your hit are paralyzed or are, uh, are, are dead. Yeah. So, And then he brought me to the hospital. And you'll, you'll appreciate this, guys. When I, I, My face is taped up. My head's all full of glass, like everything else. And um, I'm like half there. I've gone through all these machines to see my brain was swelling and all that stuff. And then I hear two doctors, and one goes, Hey, uh, are you going to use staples? And the other guy goes, no, no, I watch this guy on TV. He loves rock, just like I do. So the guy who actually sewed up my head was a huge rock, like rock and metal fan. And why didn't he give you bigger scars then? Uh, it's actually That's way more metal. Look at this. It's it, Well, it's then you good. thought it would have been more metal, but no. Here it is. He, he, he did a great job from like here to here. And, and you always had barely any eyebrows? Like, did a tire my, explode on your face? No, my father shaved them off accidentally when he was giving what do you me mean, a haircut. What accident? How close was your hairline to your eyebrows? How do you miss... What do you it mean he came to haircut and hit your eyebrows? <laughs> it was the 70s. And they didn't grow back? <laughs> they didn't grow back. It's so weird. I have no I shave idea mine, why. I used to shave mine all the time. People couldn't even tell. Yeah. Yeah, it's... I kind of have the same thing as you. Yeah, so I just kind of go with it. But, you know, so anyway, I was I was in the hospital for... You looked fast, Matt Pinfield. I'm all right. Yeah. I, I got back. You, if you told me you race cars for a living, I'd be like, fair enough. Well, you've raced cars, so you know. Yeah, you've probably, done but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'll go and for it. And the MMA stuff is cool, too, man. You yeah. Know, that, you, that you've done and all, the, all the fighting and boxing stuff. Yeah. 
Yep. I, what, what, I always want to ask you, what did you use for, what music? Was Metallica always one of your main motivational musics when you were kind of training and stuff? What were you listening to? Yeah, I mean, thanks to Metallica, it opened me up to all music because at first I don't think I really, I appreciate anything that much, like the actual musicianship. You know what I mean? Metallica made me realize that there's levels to music and that these guys are trying to be advanced and trying to be faster and, and te more technical and, and like the best of the best of playing guitar or playing drums so i thought which made me look into other bands all of a sudden i think i there was definitely a big era where all of a sudden i was like wait they black sabbath was before them led zeppelin jimmy like all and then wait jimmy hendrix uh did a cover of uh um Along the watchtower. Uh, no, what's no. his? What's the old poet guy? Uh, Robert Johnson. No, or, oh, Bob Dylan. Bob Dylan, yeah, which uh, made me like Bob. Like Metallica made me like music that I never thought I would like. Right. Because all of a sudden I became a Bob Dylan fan because Bob Dylan wrote a song Jimmy Hendrix. Jimmy, it's all connected. And then I'm like, wow, I love all these guys. So then when I got into like pat like stuff that would drive me, it was Metallica. And then Pantera, Vulgar Display of Power came out. That's why I have Determination tattooed on my back. That's great. All those kind of. Uh, positive you know because pantera were a lot more positive before in, in my opinion before phil got into drugs there was a there was an album where it was just like you cannot beat me because i will never i will never back down and then there was yeah with new level and mouth yeah, war and all yeah, that and stuff then on the there. fabian driven got dark you know yeah. I mean? like but it was but it, but the music was still heavy so it motivated yeah. me so i was like that then the, for the last fights because i'm old i didn't get into fighting until i was older machine head the blackening the, album yeah. i used to listen to that and run on the beach because you got to do sprints. You got to do the pain. You got to do the hard work if you yeah. want to win a fight because you you get tired in the first minute. Yeah. People don't realize. Like you think if you knock him out in the first minute, then great. You didn't even feel it. But most fights involve pain in your lungs and your arms and your legs don't want to work anymore. And you're like, if you don't get them to fire off, he's going to knock you out. Yeah. So there's this cardio burn that is just unlike any other burn. You You, you can't... Unless you're like some crazy psycho who's just calm when people are trying to kick your head off, you get anxious. You, you you push too hard, so you blow your lungs out in the first minute. And then if you didn't do all those sprints for the last six weeks, you're gonna die. Yeah. So I did. A, I would do a lot of those to that. Unless you're machine head, and right, yeah, right. That's because cool. there was so then first of all, nine minute songs made it easier too. But it was just you know I can I can get wound up in my own head i think that's one of the things that's always helped me when it comes to achieving things i can build a lot of tension in my own body and give myself my own energy yeah and things like those kind of bands definitely like to the point where there were certain days where i was like if i don't feel that fit i'm not going to play machine head because i know i'll blow my legs out yeah because i can't stop like once it gets me going yeah i'm like you know just put so your many, head in that place, all the childhood right? anger and mm -hmm. stuff i feel like that you know what I mean? Like all of a sudden, I because I'm very angry, but I'm not directing it. At it. I, I can't tell you who I'm angry at, but I'm definitely, you know what I mean? Like I, I could sprint or if you hit him, I, I could, you know I mean? I don't care. I'm going to rip you apart. Yeah. It's that music that gets me there yeah. to the point where I, I, I got to slow down. And now that I'm older, I listen to even older music. Like the older I get, the more I listen to stuff that's past, way past my general, like, Marvin Gaye and stuff like that. I know I listen to a I, lot of salsa music. I love old I soul music stuff. too, man. I'm a huge fan of like all yeah, that old soul. That's my favorite stuff now because yeah. that puts me in a mood that I'm trying to be in now. Like I, I don't want to win. I don't need to get anybody back. I don't want to, like I, I'm not looking for redemption or, or payback. Or, there was a lot of that in my blood. And now there's like soul music is like, yeah, man, happy. You yeah. know, like uh, 
loving each other or you know getting through hard times those that music re- resonates with me way more than you know we're going to get a math metal Th- yeah. that's a me that doesn't mean that i still don't rock you know i mean i trained this morning to faith no more i don't yeah you know, i still i still rock yeah those guys faith no more guys i love that stuff right too. i know i know you that's great that you still rock i learned from uh a girl that i met in australia a long time ago when faith no more was still in their prime but uh the singer hooked up with her and did this really weird thing to her and she told me was it the original singer chuck no um, no mike Patton. mike Patton. yeah, okay, Patton. yeah. so he took her to his hotel room and he said sit on the bed and then he stood like six feet away <laughs> and he's like, I'm going to jerk off in front of you. And she was like, okay. And then he pulled it out. He jerked off. He just on the floor and he's like, okay, thanks. Yeah. And she left. And when she told me, I was like, wait, you didn't, you stayed. She's like, yeah, I don't know what else I was supposed to do. And I'm like, whoa, that is so weird. Like, I was like, man, that guy's super advanced. Cause I was like, that's levels ahead. You know, like when you're doing stuff like that. So he inspired me to ask people if they wanted to see that every now and then. He was a very influential man. Yeah, yeah he helped me a lot. Thanks, man. That was cool. This was a couple <laughs> of Tony Hawk tours where I did that, and it was so creepy. But it was cool, though. <laughs> oh, and just for the record, because I know I'm a comedian now, I got uh, permission. I didn't corner anybody. They were like, yeah, we want to see it. I was like, okay, here we go. Yeah, so yeah, you've been doing stand-up quite a bit lately. I really out. trying, like the last couple of years, really trying. Well, I should come out and see you. I want to come out and see you do it. I'm doing one with Whitney Cummings next week. That's very, very exciting to me because she's like uh, a big inspiration. What to day? Me. To, what day is that? Sunday. A Sunday week night. from Sunday or this Raya, Sunday? This wait, is it this Sunday? Yeah, this Sunday and then Tuesday at the store. Yeah, yeah. Right, I'm, getting, I'm getting up at the store a lot. I know yeah. people at the store. People know me there. I'm get to me. It's like uh, same thing as skateboarding and fighting, where yeah. I'm in it. But I'm a rookie, and everybody knows everything, and I don't know anything, and I'm just a sponge, and I just go there, and I'm like, hey, man, is it cool if I hang out? And they go, yeah, man, totally. And I go, I I feel, I love this. I feel like I'm at home. I just want to learn more. Please teach me. How do you do it? How do you say it? Where do you go? What do you do after it? Like, I'm just, in. I I can't stop thinking about it all the time. So I'm very fortunate, because I don't know what I would do if I don't have something that I'm obsessed with i'm gonna yeah. get weird you know like being a junkie and stuff yeah i could definitely turn I, uh, drugs and alcohol man you know that was my uh i, I was uh how's your body with drugs life? and alcohol because i found like if i kept drinking i was gonna die well me that was me too i yeah, mean the did truth you feel is, sick and i was so bloated for a while and then i wasn't you lost I, weight huh i lost a lot of weight yeah. did you work out or something or yeah just i worked drinking? out i worked out okay. no i worked out are I, mean, you, are you I had to replace in? that you know like that sure. all that nervous energy with something yeah you know? are you doing are you regular workout guys still i am i am when i'm not on the road in fact i was very regular because i love doing it i mean actually that's, what is your workout like what you do know, you like to do i you know i go i do a bunch of different things some with free weights some with machines yeah. you know a little bit yeah. of everything and then but i you're hi- a gym guy yeah i'm a gym guy and then i hike uh i hike with uh, some sober dudes i always yeah. hike up uh, Griffith Parks. We you don't go like, with Toby Morris, do you? No, but I know Toby. He's, the, he's yeah. He's, I've known Toby for a long time, and you know Tim and everybody. You know. Yeah, I don't, I'm, yeah. I talked to Tim on the phone one time, but I don't really know Tim. But yeah, but I love. But I, Toby's Toby's a good one dude, of the greatest man. people I've ever met in my life. Yeah, I love Toby. Always have known him for a long time. I hate hikes, but I'll go with him. Yeah, I remember I playing. I'll go this, with you too, Matt yeah. Pinfield. We God should damn do it, Jason. We should I'll do it. It's great, you know Griffith Park. It's not like there's a. You can find this path that we take. That's off the beaten path on a side road. So it's not where all the other stuff is going on. Yeah. 
and we go up and pass that to the teleport where all the TV commercials are shot with the cars on the edge, for, you know, yeah. and then up over, uh, as, you know, uh, Griffith Observatory, we go up a bit and it's, and then come back down. It usually takes us about three hours. You know, we go a couple miles up, a couple miles down. Yeah, hey, but it's great, man. And we you, should do it. I, all right, I'll do it. Uh, and I'm serious. I'm serious. That's yeah. why I said it. I'm not. Yeah. I know you're not fully. Yeah. Yeah. We're not allowing, I got to watch the words here, right? So well I'm, done, am Matt. I doing good? So far, I'm so I'm doing good. very well because, yeah. you know, sometimes it just comes out of my mouth, which is odd. Are you on I, terrestrial radio? I've been on the radio for 40 years on terrestrial radio. Did you ever, did you ever slip? Oh, yes. In okay, San good. Francisco on a morning show that I hosted. Oh, no. Once in New York City on a morning show that I hosted. Mm. And those are the only two times. But that's in 40 years. That's pretty good. F-bombs in the morning with Matt Pinfield. Yeah, well, can Man, I say? That's a new... That's, especially that be since I use, I use them pretty regularly. <laughs> I gather as outside much. Outside of it, but for some reason, when I turn on the microphone, I can be very good at uh, with that. But, I mean, who knows what the, the night before was like at that point. But, he, you know, you asked me about getting sober. I'm in sober three years and two months. And a lot of my friends and people got behind me and... Uh, Man, I love right now. I'm I'm feel great about that because uh, you know I just I like being present. Yeah, man. yeah. That was it's just and and you know everything's. I mean now you know when I work, it's you know everybody knows that I'm gonna be there yeah. in a hundred percent. You know like what I mean? When you're older, it's you know I don't know how much time. It's so much more valuable to me now. Like I don't know how much longer I'm gonna be here. I don't know how much longer my friends are gonna be here. I, I want like you said, I want to be present. Yeah, you know, like I, I'm like I I don't regret it because I can't. But all the times where I just floated through things half there, you know, yeah. and uh, when people bring up old stories, remember when we, and I'm like, nah, and I'm like, yeah. man, how many of those do you not have? And the, those, some of those were gems. Yeah. You know, you should have remembered that. That's how I feel. I mean, there was not only things that I missed, but things that I, if I had been in the moment, yes. I would have really appreciated them instead of worrying about other things. Do you think and, that's an addictive mind being not being in the moment? Because yes. that one is very difficult. Yeah, for me. future tripping. You know yeah. that whole thing. It's yeah, like or past tripping, whichever. Yeah, one past tripping. It could be both. You yeah. know, but of course, you know what they say. You know, it's like, well, yeah, you know. That's past. why I like boobs. Yeah, boobs make me realize where I am. Yeah, you know what I mean. Absolutely. Like, as soon as you pull them out, I'm like, I'm here. There you, you go. Like, I see those boobs. And then as soon as you take them away. You know, back in the past there. again, like man, those titties were cool. You know yes. what I mean? I wish I could. Did my girlfriend really not sleep with Mike Patton? All of a sudden, you're <laughs> yeah. <like> that. <laughs> man, I, that's past trip. Hold on a second. That's past trip. I was such a loser. No. I thought it was cool. I get it. I was like, yeah. man, I'm a badass. Like Mike Patton likes her, and she likes me. Like that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Do the math. That's yes, cool. I did. It turned out I was great. You know, so I, I, you know, it's it's just been it's been cool. You know, I just we just wrapped this season of his TV show that I, I've had an Access TV called The Power Hour. Yeah, man. With uh, Josh Bernstein, who put like the Golden Gods together, those awards were you know with loud. Yeah, I did that Bobber. once. I ha I got an award. They said I was going to win. Remember, I got all mad about it. Athlete of the Metal Athlete of the Year. Yeah, and I was going to win it, and I was there, and Benji and Joel Madden came with me, and it was all done. And then all of a sudden, in in, in backstage, I got told that 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 some football it's like a team, Miami Dolphin. Yeah, some football team showed up, so they were going to give it to them instead, and I was so bummed out about it. I, I, yeah, I'd be bummed too, especially if they told you you were going to get it. I'd yeah. be like, what the? And I think I was on the cover. There was one of those covers where it was a uh, the fold out one. Yeah, and it had. Like Aussie and all these people in it, and then like if, if you if you folded it out enough, there's my stupid face in the in the photo. So I 
the award would have been cool, but I was like, I'm on the cover of a magazine with Ozzy Osbourne. I don't. I'd say I, that's I pretty win. cool. Yeah. I mean, regardless, that's great. Actually, I think it's an awesome uh, thing to say. You know, to have. He's a member. I, I every time I interviewed him, I was very excited. He's one of the he, I, a lot of pressure because all I really wanted. This is the hardest thing about interviewing people like that. Yeah. I don't want him to not like me. Yeah. I want him to like me. So if it's like at the very, I made a joke about Satan. He was like, fuck off. Sorry. You yeah. Know. Well, but yeah, I took it. He was joking. <laughs> yeah. But just because he cussed, I was like, I don't, did, are we good? And then I realized it was okay. He's just playing. Yeah. yeah. But very for a second, it was a very British kind of a, uh, yeah, you, it was you know? it was one that I should have not picked up on. We yeah. do that all the time. Yeah, just I just it made me realize how paranoid I was of making sure that this worked out. Well, especially if it's an idol of yours, it's not always you know like that's the thing more than anything. You're like this has got you want it to go great. You I, know? I went to a concert a cup like a year or at least a year. I thought not not very recent after that, and I was with Benji Madden, and we were backstage, and there he was, Ozzy talking to. Uh, who was it? It was somebody else that was a metal god. And and I'm like, oh, wow, check them out. They're over there. And then Ozzy goes, hey. And, I, and I'm like, me? And he's like, hey, how are you? And I'm like, how am I? I'm awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and, Especially because you just recognized me. I right, love that. The best part was it's Benji Madden is brought me there who everybody knows him yeah and ozzy just walked straight past benji it was like jason i was like yeah like yeah. in your face madden that's that was, great that was a highlight he's such a good you know right? he's, he's been nothing but a joy to deal with all these years doing many interviews with him and i just did a thing for sharon she called How's me up she in, i feel like she would hate me no, I don't think so. I think she like she. Did she ever get mad, mad, mad at you? Ever? Never. No, you know. You never I, pissed her off. No, I've never pissed her Have off. Have you ever which seen is anybody piss her off? Because she seems like she oh, I oh, I've seen people piss her off, and she doesn't take any. Right? Have you ever asked her for money? No, she's paid. They paid me. Okay, for things I've I've done for them. Was it? Yeah, you didn't have to barter. You were like, that's a fair. Deal. No barter at all. It, it was, was a good money. Cool. It was good yeah, money. they've taken care of me. I mean, you know, look, when I've done some some work for them uh, before, and also, you know, recently I was in uh, uh, Sharon's documentary about when they, actually, they tried to cancel her. She wanted me to be, to be the rock voice that was Dang. the one talking about oh, her. Oh, you're tied with her. Yeah, we're good, we're good, we're good friends over yeah. the years. You know what she would do? It was funny. Um, Is her, Ozzy okay? Yeah, he's going to be all right. You know, he Do you feel be, like sometimes they should leave him alone? I, you know, I got to tell you, I think he's doing a lot better with the Parkinson's than, than I, you know, my brother has Parkinson's, so I've seen how advanced it is. Uh-huh. And I've been, you know, been, you know, that's my brother. That's my older brother, you know, my big brother who I love, you know, and uh, been there with me since I was a kid, you know, and uh, he's my older brother's 10 years older than me, but he's always, you know, great at turning me on to great rock when I was a kid, you know, and all that uh-huh. thing, having somebody, um, and I, you know. So seeing somebody, uh, you know, go through, you know, a disease like Parkinson's or Alzheimer's, it's it's a rough thing when it's somebody you love, you know. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so, but I mean, Ozzy recently, all my dealings with him, he's, you know, and when I've seen him, and he's been doing really well, and and he's still really, you know, aware yep. of everything that's, that's going on. That's us. Yep. And Good. Uh, I love the Osbournes. I mean, they've been nothing but like I said. Jack's a sweetheart. Jack is the best. The, the whole family ever. has yep. been so cool to me. Yeah, like I said, Sharon and I used to meet. Sometimes Ozzy would be up, like they'd come and stay at the St. Regis in New York. And <clears throat> because we were friends, you know, she Ozzy would like be hanging out watching TV upstairs. She's like, man, let's get some food, have a couple drinks. And like, we would just tell rock stories. And just, you know, she would tell me the coolest stuff. But she's funny because... You, everybody knows Sharon doesn't take any, you know what, right? Because yeah. you can't say any, the S word here. Um, and man, like when 
anybody act like prima donnas, like backstage on some of those Ozfest shows, man, she would put them in their place. Yeah. Well, they, when you, you somebody has imagine. to do it, and when you when I think about in that scenario, who is the one that would do that? It's her. Yeah. yeah. Because you can't talk back. No. Yeah. That's the king of darkness. That's wife. right. Pipe, pipe down corn. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> you know she's uh that didn't she's, happen she didn't pipe down like cord level right no she's uh you know it's funny I, it wasn't them it was some other band oh please active. tell me i don't remember who it was because they weren't even a band that were like in like the upper echelon of Meshuga. the, uh, God, of the thing. Yeah. it wasn't Meshuga either it was but because i love default I love but one it was of those, somebody yeah. who was like yeah, and they were like acting like prima donnas at catering and she was like yeah no. she just like let them have it like because everybody else was being cool yeah yeah you know, like it was the whole thing. You know, it was like, it's interesting. You talked about Pantera, and, and uh, I remember I was doing this this interview with Phil backstage at Rock in the Range because he hadn't done anything in a long time, and it yeah. was after, it was before Vinny passed, but after Dime passed, and uh, he was there with Down, and you know, and, and when Rex, I used to, when I first used to come out to L.A. a lot, and Rex lived at Jerry Cantrell's house in Madison Chains, we would, hang, we would hang a lot. You know, yeah. wait, you hang out with with Matt, with with Jerry and, and Rex, yeah, all the time. <laughs> Yeah, and it was so like, yeah. sick. Those people so, made me nervous when I walked by. Yeah, so they're, uh, you know, but yeah, and, uh, but Phil, like, was eating a catering one night, and I go, hey, Phil, I'm doing this, I'm doing this new thing, and it was a thing that was like, a, you know, internet thing that lasted for a little while, uh, but uh, I go, Phil, man, you think you could do an interview with me? He goes, yeah, man, as soon as I'm done eating. That's how cool he was, like, the, you know, we we had no speed bumps. That's a joke. We always call them speed bumps, you know, when they get in the way of your interview. Like, going through too many people. And I don't okay. go around managers. or Like, I'm, I'm respectful to everybody at label. But sometimes you get those speed bumps who are like, don't even realize, you know, the relationship you have or yep. know enough about the artist and what they'd want to do. And they're ready to run block on something. And sometimes yes. you got to, you know, you got to find a, your way around that. But Phil was, there was nobody there representing. Bill. And he's just like, I'll do it. So we did this interview which you can find also on, on YouTube, where, like, we're in the dark because it was Living Colors trailer and they had already played. Yeah. So they so they Love left. Living Color, yeah, man. Yeah, they're great, right? And you know so, Vernon Reed and all that? Yeah, Vernon Reed, nah, man, I'll... Corey Glover. Those guys are great. And so, Sick. You have no idea, Miles. You moron. Yeah. So they left. <laughs> and so Phil's like, <laughs> the name Muzz Skillings means nothing to him. It doesn't mean anything to anyone listening either. Yeah, I just, but I'm, I'm okay, okay with that. But yeah. I know, you know, so that day Phil was in a really good mood, you know, and it was... And, it was the first interview he had done um, after after Dimebag had passed. But we sat there, and it was so funny because we're both we're using flashlights for for our sight because he would, he the power went out in there at Rock on the Range, which is now called Sonic Temple, yeah, and a different place. But um, <clears throat> and it was so funny. He looks at me and goes, "Man, you're the only guy with a voice that's more more rasped out and yeah. messed up than my voice." That's impossible. I don't know <laughs> who's got it worse, him or uh, Miley Cyrus. They're both pretty grungy at this point. Yeah. Miley's crushing it, though, isn't she? I mean, she's yeah, doing she's amazing. unbelievably well, and I've got a lot of respect for her because so many people I'm friends with her in her band. Oh, yeah? You know? Yeah. Like, uh, now, what do you think about this? I mean, it's hard to call it a Pantera reunion. The Pantera band that's out there on tour now, I don't feel great about it. Well, I, me, I feel a little different because the only reason I think it's cool is because, you know, Zach and Charlie are guys that, you know, I mean, Zach played tri paid tribute to those guys every night on his show because of his relationship with Dimebag. Anyway, so I thought if somebody was going to do it, Zach was the right person to do it. Yeah. Charlie being an Anthrax, a band that obviously those guys had had a history. Yeah, right. I thought was cool, too. I love Rex and Phil, obviously. 
Um, I just mean Phil coming back from, you know, the controversy and throwing yeah. up whatever signs he might have thrown up on stage. Like, do you get to get out of, uh, you know, canceled jail for that and, and go out on tour with Metallica or, or, or should, you know, is it cool for Metallica to be cool with them, basically? Is it yeah. cool for us to be cool with them? Yeah, I mean. Yeah, you're cool with them. Yeah. You like black people, right? Yeah, I like all people. Right. I like I like all people. I just don't like assholes. And there's assholes everywhere. There's you know, I just love people who are cool people and are kind people, you know. Yes. I've been through I been we've all been through a lot and you know, like you said, Jason, as we get older, you just want to be around people that you really like to be around and people mm -hmm. that are kind and cool and have a, you know, uh but yeah, I mean, what that I, what was that all about? Do oh, you have that, any inkling about that whole that? thing with uh, Yeah, with like Phil? is there any truth to him saying that or is that just like a oh. drunk, stupid thing that he went to. Like, I it's very hard to. It's hard to tell, and I haven't yeah. gotten any personal feedback on it's it. Tough you know? for me to digest. I'll tell you that. As yeah. a, as a huge fan, it was like, wait a minute. Yeah. Wait, because I'm a huge supporter, and I've followed you all this way, and, and wait, I'm not like that. And if you are, I'm we're out. Yeah, you we're know? definitely not like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. That was I a mean. I think that uh, it's for me. It's always been about live and let live, and and uh, and accept people and love people for who they are. Right. For yeah. like the first kind of person that they are. That's the most important thing. I want to ask you one more thing, Matt. I feel like I've heard people talk about what uh, Metallica are like and the Stones are like and stuff. I never really hear much about people who spent time with Kurt Cobain. Did you ever? Well, I mean, the time I spent with Kurt is not as much time as I spent with Dave. Or sure, yeah, or or with Chris recently, you know, even recently, like I just had Chris. Oh, for real? Yeah. Well, Chris is, uh, you know, I mean, uh, this mm -hmm. week coming up Sunday on on Axis TV, my guests are Stone Gossard from Pearl Jam and Chris Novoselic from Nirvana. Oh wow, because I feel like he's kept a pretty low yeah, profile he, relative to the things, the opportunities know, that were there for him. Yeah. Well, you know, Chris is wild. I love him. He's such a great dude, and you know, he listens. He reached out to me because he listens to me. He streams my KLOS show on Sunday nights. I'm on eight to ten Pacific. Yeah, and it's like a t it's ten new rock songs and then a bunch of album anniversaries and interviews and birthdays, rock birthdays. So it's a mix of old and new rock. But he listens every week, hmm. and I mean, he literally emailed me and go, "Hey, cool, Foo's are number one this week," you know, like that kind of thing. And uh, so I'd ask him to be on the show, and he still he streams it. He said, "I'd rather listen to somebody like you who knows music and loves it, curated." than just some playlist. So that's what he said, and he still does. And Chris is a great guy. And Dave, you know, was, did something very nice for me on um, on my birthday, which was May 28th, right? So he went on stage at uh, Sonic Temple in Columbus, Ohio. First, he surprised me backstage. They were giving me like a carrot cake for my birthday because my girlfriend told him I like carrot cake to people at the festival. So, and then it was really cool. Dave went on stage, made sure we were at the side of the stage. I wasn't expecting it, and he went on and talked about me and my birthday, and he goes, that mother, been through a lot of, he's been through a lot, he goes, but this guy's been our friend for years, and he, he wished me happy birthday, and sang, dedicated my hero to me, and then had the whole crowd sing, wow. and he came over in the middle of the song, Dave, and he gave me a hug on stage, Aww. it was a beautiful thing, it you know, it is a beautiful and thing, and so, I'm friends with him and Chris, my, my dealings with Kurt were like, always, we were always cool, but it wasn't like we spent any kind of real lot of time together, I was with Nirvana when they, rehearsed for Saturday Night Live, Night Live. It was only like me and my friend, Cliff and the guy from the record company and the, the people that work there 
in the band on stage. It was nobody else in that whole place. I, I loved just, that performance because they did the hit, but then the other one was Territorial, Territorial Pissing, which yeah. wasn't like a single or anything like that. So I was like there that. for that whole thing with them and hanging out with them there, and they were joking around. Like, but a lot of people don't realize that Kurt, yes, he was depressed, and I, I literally, um, guy drove me home from one of my recovery meetings the other night. I uh, was saying to me, you know, man, I was the guy who took Kurt to his last meeting at Exodus where he was staying like that the night and the next day he hopped the fence, went back to Seattle and he was and he was dead, dead the next day, which is just heartbreaking. But he was always kind to me. He was always cool. And he had a sense of humor whenever I saw him. He was never like, you know what I mean? Um, and so the times that I was in, he also did this thing for MTV even before I was working there full time. They came in and did five songs. It's bootlegged out there. It's probably some of it's on YouTube where they do Polly territorial smells like teen spirit everything and you can see me standing over the band with with some hair before i got smart enough <laughs> no. to shave this shit save this stuff shave this stuff you had hair. Hair. i yeah i had very little hair it was going away right. you know what i mean you were hanging like, on to it though yeah i was trying to hang on there was what someone were you, doing? Were you coming it over or were you just no i never i never I never that i always knew I, like the, how people that. looked at those guys yeah. so i never was that guy Smart. it just started going back and back yeah. and back and then finally this guy shows up at the at the dj i, I dj at these alternative rock clubs you know this place called the melody famous club in new jersey and uh dude shows up one night and goes dude have you ever thought about shaving your head? Yeah. And I'm like... That's a deal. Right? And, yeah, and, and I go, no, but I I think about it. He goes, I'll tell you what. Play me three ska songs and I'll uh, come here with my razor tomorrow. <laughs> and he swear he did. Shaved my head in the basement of the club. Changed And that life. became... Changed my life. Yep. Changed yeah, I, I my can't, life. I can't take you seriously. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I can't take me seriously yeah, with me hair. me too. I it's can't hard. take myself seriously. But, but there's a little bit I, of it in that Nirvana clips. But no, Kurt was very nice... And the dealings we had, um, I've you know I'm very good friends with Dave, very good friends with Chris. You know what I mean? I see. But you know I, you can get hair glued on now, right? What's that? You yeah, can I, get hair glued on. It looks super real. It lasts like if you don't. Work I don't. Out. Wa- aren't you like me? I don't want hair. I mean, you've already. You know, oh no! If I if I if this show got successful, I would have hair. You would? Yeah, not real hair though. No. I, I want to be me again, but every now and then, uh, this is my fantasy. The show picks up again. Goes back to what it was. Yeah, I have money enough to have this because I know there's people where they come over. Yeah, and they fu- they get you a wig. Yeah, they style it. You grow the side of your hair, and then they blend it all in and glue it on there, and you look sick. <laughs> and then when I get that sick haircut, I immediately rent a convertible, depending on my budget. But I mean, I don't care. Like a convertible, and you let the wind blow through your hair. Yeah, and I just drive around like I all think... weekend, like a champion. Yes. Yeah. And then, but it's not forever. I told Drew, Dr. Drew Pensky that I wanted to have lunch with him like on Rodeo Drive with my hair. Yeah. Just like looking like two gay doctors talking to each other. <laughs> yeah. You know? <laughs> Let me tell so you. I got I got it. I mean, I, I'm going to get there. That's I got to say, Dr. Drew and Bob Forrest were very helpful to me uh, through my many years of struggles. Me too. Um, they He's helped me out. Man. Yeah, I love them both. Still I mean, helping me. Yeah. yeah I, mean, I got on Kratom. You know what that is? Oh, you did that Kratom? Yeah, yeah. I do. And then because I'm me. I got addicted to it and turned it into a thing where I was like, wow, you're an idiot. You're on stuff again. Yeah. And then I got off it and it was embarrassingly difficult. I had to go away for four days. I got a a Airbnb and seriously 
kick white knuckle the like I, it was embarrassing yeah like, well was, i've seen it happen to other friends of mine recently. it was so hot a record producer buddy of mine and he's doing great now though man he's been doing good for like the last six months um i like being in the position now where i'm helping other people you know i feel like that helps uh, helps us keep going right it does it really does man and you know it's uh I'm so grateful, but one of the you should help me, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> hey, whatever I, I'm Jay. in a position. I'm not in any position to help anybody. No, Jason, I'm there for you anytime. I, seriously, oh, and you know it's crap. funny because you know I just I, I look back on it, but I should have listened to Dr. Drew and Bob Forrest once before because yeah. they had told me when I was in one relationship, you can't move in back with that and woman. And I'm not trying to. I'm not going to mention a name or say anything bad about this person not they're you know not, they're a good person they just weren't ready to ever stop drinking and using yep and i was like oh no i'll be all right it's an inside job and then i moved back in with that person and uh eventually the resentments and all the other crap that comes along with it and you know what i'm talking about yep. uh i was off the races again so it's just uh you know i i, I learned a lot but it, it took a lot it took me a lot of times to learn and you know we're still we're always learning my whole thing is i never ever know everything you know there's so much to learn about music about life about Are you people. single now no i have a girlfriend for like the almost the last year is she sober right she's not sober but she does she's not a drinker she's Did you like, ever have you hooked up with somebody since you've been sober that's drunk no because I, I did that the other day for the first time yeah that's off the table now yeah you know, i didn't know that yeah well i you know, figured if she's really hot who cares but it turns out not yeah well you know it's hard it's really hard to do that uh so for some people it, they can do it but for some it's an immediate trigger to want to drink again and i waited a couple years to start seeing somebody and dating someone again because i mean truthfully i just wasn't i was working on myself in a big yeah, way but that's a smart thing to do yeah just jump in for to another one yeah because there were people were like for sure and people are going to be hey I'll, I'll the women i know i'll sign you up for the rail website i'll sign you up for this website why don't you go to there like first of all I'm a public figure. I already feel weird about it, but I, I mean, know. I don't know how to use apps, but I would I totally be on Rayo if I knew how to make it work. Yeah, no, I don't blame you. I'm not saying anything against them. I'm just saying I got I was, kicked I, off Tinder for impersonating myself. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, I was afraid of the I was apps. Like that is not fair. I'm I know it sure sounds, but you know, I just because of my age, I guess, I the apps freaked me out. You know, yeah, they'll swipe and love and right. I, and I, I know it's worked for people. I know they've met uh, people that they yeah. are in love with. So I'm not saying anything negative about that. And, and however you find a good relationship, a healthy relationship. So I'm in one for almost a year now. So far, so good for you. And you know the thing is, like I said, she's not. She doesn't really. She drinks once in a while. She'll have like a glass of champagne, and that's. Yeah. She doesn't even finish it. That's you know different. what I mean? Like that's all she does. That's different. You know, yeah. that's so different than us. I'm like, usually it would be like, what? That's an entire. You left a half a bottle of wine. How could you just leave it there? Yeah, it's impossible. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's that kind of thing, man. But I, you know, I'm just listen. I, I'm so grateful to be sober, like now, and and I'm and grateful to hang out. I mean, look. Here I am. I'm getting to hang out and get to know you, Jason. Yeah. We're going to get to see you again, Michael. After the old years of premiere, you remember some of those guys. I'm trying to remember. Ira Robbins was there then, right? I exchanged very nice emails with Ira yesterday for the first time pretty much since I worked at premiere. But you remember Glenn Weissman, too? By name. Yeah, he yeah. was a guy I knew from uh, Rutgers. But, um, and I saw Big I saw Big Tigger. Yeah. Remember we had the hip-hop show yeah. when we were out at the uh, Deontay Wilder fight? That's cool. And what about, uh, who's the guy, his name is Sal, 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 
So. Oh, he was the guy that used to play air drums really loud. He was a yeah. he was an angry dude who covered classic rock. Yeah, so it was like <laughs> dudes at premiere, and you know, it, it was a studio adjacent on top of Radio City Music Hall, and that's oh, where okay. the offices were. Yeah, and that's where I did the Stones thing across the street from Sirius. Yeah, and it was really funny because. Man, I'll just never forget how, like, we were all freaked out. Like, why is Keith Richards drinking Grey Goose and that Fanta orange soda crap? It sounds really tasty. <laughs> like, Keeping it real. And I love, we love them. Uh, I got to go. We got to move on. Uh, if you want to hear more of the Jason L Show with Matt Pinfield, we're going to do some Patreon. So if you go to patreon.com slash Alice, you can join and catch all the shows there. Matt, thanks for being on the podcast. Really appreciate yeah, it. It's great hanging with you. I think Jason we're going to be Rick hearing uh, uh, Miles's open letter of apology to Mick Jagger. Right. Finally. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hear See it. See you next week, everybody. Don't Thank die. You.